As you watch the screen, your heart begins to beat faster. There's a fluttering in the pit of your stomach. Your throat is dry. Your palms damp. Suddenly a chill runs down your spine. You clutch the person next to you. You tell yourself, it's only a movie. It's only a movie. But sooner or later, it's time to go home. Welcome to Filmstrip. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And we're reviewing Halloween Ends, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Rowan Campbell, Andy Matichek, Will Patton, and James Jude Courtney. Directed by David Gordon Green in theaters and on Peacock in October of 2022, as we're recording this here. This one was done on a eh, $33 million budget, they're saying. And box office-wise, early on, it's made about 82 and a half. We'll probably make a little more. Don't ever know that the full numbers on that. But uh, yeah, the end of the Blumhouse, David Gordon Green, Danny McBride requel trilogy is here, Brian. And just going in, like, what were your expectations going in for this? Well, it's supposed to be the quote unquote end of the Michael Myers series, right? So I expected... We were going to get a, a, a Michael and Laurie Strode final battle, like build up to that. Right. And while we got the final battle, we really didn't get much of a build up, did we? We got, we, we got a lot of stuff. John Carpenter tried to give us all a heads up about this. <laughs> this is a direct quote. Well, it's Halloween and it ends, he said with a chuckle. <laughs> You'll see it's a departure from the others. It's interesting. And then he went on to say, like, it's like a play almost. And I don't know, like, there were all kinds of things out there. I saw the initial trailer that came out, like the long form one. And I was like, cool. I don't want to know anything else. And then somewhere along the way, I just was like, no, I must know more. So I dug around hmm. the internet and read all kinds of different options that were out there. There were multiple test screenings and stuff. And there was little leaks here and there, but about two weeks before it really premiered, most of like the broad strokes came out. But the big thing that, that kept coming back was like, if you go into this movie expecting it to be the, you know, the, the emphasis or the, uh, the inspiration to be Halloween, you're thinking of the drawing John Carpenter movie. You should think Christine. And I thought, huh? Now I like Christine. It's not perfect, but it's not bad. It's fine. You can go back in the archives. Nick and I reviewed that years ago. Um, it's an interesting, like Stephen King kind of thing, but I'm like, mm, that's a different aesthetic than, you know, what I maybe would have gone for. And I, you know, all I can think of man is uh, just get ready to get weird. <laughs> cause, cause from the opening minute of this movie, I was like, Oh, this is what I thought it was going to be, but uh, you won't get into that. I, I did you know, do what I did last time, man. I, I didn't intend to see this in theaters or anything. I was going to do the Peacock. I woke up really early on Friday morning. I think it dropped actually Thursday night before when I was busy doing other stuff. I ended up watching it uh, before work on Friday and then coming home and watching it again that weekend. And I actually got a third watch in on it before you and I had a chance to record. So I'm glad we had a couple of weeks to let it marinate a little bit here. But um, I don't know that I saw a different movie any of the other two times I saw it. I pretty well got it. I think, the first time. <laughs> you know, one thing you said in that opening, this made – 82 million already at the box office, which yeah. I got to say, that's pretty impressive when you give it away for free on Peacock right out of the gate. 
Well, it's, it's for I, it's for the four ninety nine subscribers, but you could get like a year of Peacock for thirteen bucks if you just subscribe. So yeah, yeah. Even still, four ninety nine, you know, big deal. You're not you're not mm-hmm. you're not paying for Peacock to get Halloween ends, right? No, that's no. like an added bonus. For me, I'm paying for it to get the WWE Network, right? Yeah, same. We know that, yeah. but eighty two million at the box office. I gotta say, pretty good for giving it away for free, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, the last one though made a ton of money too early on, and they were giving yeah. that one away for free too. I think, I mean, like we talked about on several podcasts before, horror fans are a built-in audience. Man, we're going to go to a theater, and, and no lie, like I, I wouldn't mind seeing this in a theater. Um, you know, I might wait, and you know, when I'm just bored or something to catch a matinee or something like that. You know, just to just to see, because I think it might be a different experience than that big of a screen, but. I, I like a lot of people during the pandemic. I have a really big TV. I kind of got used to watching stuff at home and I'm like, Hey, if you wait 60 days or less now, you can pretty much see anything you want. And, yep. um, and you know, I watched the last one. I never saw Halloween kills in a the theater. So I, I didn't feel like I missed anything with that. And, uh, you know, going into this, like I, I just expected like, can, can we actually wrap it up? Because I, I'll say this yeah. now, like I think the Akkads will make Halloween movies until there are no more cods on the earth. This is their thing. The Laurie Strode, Michael Myers story, and particularly Jamie Lee Curtis's involvement. I think this is it. And I, I know she said that before, but I do think I believe her more now, mostly because she's older and doesn't have to do this anymore. And I don't think she wants to anymore. And it, it took something very special in terms of a pitch to get her back out to do this sure. again. And we can talk about how well it all worked and, and piecing these three together. But I'll say this about the David Gordon Green trilogy, if you will. Um, he gave us a different movie every time. And, and I don't know that that's yes. a good thing necessarily, but <laughs> it's a different movie. I mean, it, it is not. Uh, it, it is definitely a subvert your expectations kind of flick. And I don't know, man, like I said, just going in, I was like, I just, I just want to get to somewhere because the way they left us hanging at the end of that last one was, it was like a WWE promo. They were walking down opposite halls and toward each other. And I was like, finally the big blow off. Right. And yeah, we, we kind of get there, but we get there in a roundabout way. Well, here's the thing that bugs me about this movie and we'll get more into it as we go along, but they had the perfect opportunity to set up the future of Halloween in this right. movie. Yeah. And they blew it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they blew it. Like, but, and we'll talk about it, but yeah, just, yeah, we, we, we leave I mean, it when they got there yeah. and I'm like, what the hell? Okay. Anyway. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll get into all of that. I think we should go ahead now. Spoilers hot folks, obviously for a movie that's been out a couple of weeks now, if you haven't seen this, I mean, and you're going to go ahead and watch it. Otherwise, if you're listening to the show, just go ahead and listen on because we're going to blow the whole thing right now in the plot summary. <laughs> So it's one year after Michael Myers disappeared following a rampage through the streets of Haddonfield. And Corey Cunningham, a likable but kind of awkward 21-year-old, takes a kid-sitting gig in town on Halloween night, obviously. And things go horribly awry when Jeremy, the kid, locks Corey in the attic. And as Corey kicks open the door, Jeremy's struck and plummets downstairs, killing him in front of his parents who just walked in the house. Flash forward three years later from that, and we see that Michael is still gone, but Haddonfield still bears the scars. Except for Laurie Strode, who's sobered up, bought a house, cut her hair, and uh, she now shares that with her grown granddaughter, Allison, who works as a nurse at the hospital, and even still flirts in the grocery store with Deputy Hawkins, who's learned to play guitar from the pawn shop and is learning Japanese from Rosetta Stone. Corey was exonerated in court, but of course is a town pariah, only finding work at his uncle's scrapyard as a salvager and mechanic. 
Lori takes advantage of a chance meeting with Corey to introduce him to Allison, and the two damaged lovebirds form a quick bond. Very quick, I might add. Though Lori changes her mind about Corey, sensing a deep darkness within, or seeing him behind some bushes, or I don't know, just being a weird grandma. But Allison totally ignores this and all manner of common sense to continue this affair. And after being picked on by high school band bullies, this 24-year-old is thrown over a bridge um, and survives the fall and is dragged into a sewer by none other than Michael Myers, who shows up 40 minutes into a rather mundane Lifetime movie to finally be here. The two share a long stare into each other's eyes or something, and it unlocks something in Corey, or I, I don't know, there's a transfer. Maybe we have a Halloween Ween 4 situation. We'll get into it. But he gets into a fight with a vagrant and kills him, and then he sleeps with Allison, and then he goes back in the sewer and eventually beats up Michael and steals his mask and goes to his own killing spree, takes out the high school bullies and his domineering mother. And when he comes for Laurie Strode, she's ready, and she shoots him. But Corey turns the tables on her and stabs himself in the neck, making it look like she killed him as Allison walks in and then right back out of the house. Michael, of course, shows up, retrieves his mask, finishes off Corey, and goes after Laurie. And after a brief fight, Laurie pins Michael to the kitchen island with a couple of knives and the refrigerator. Then she unmasks him, curses at him a little bit, slits his throat, but in his dying moments, he frees his hand and starts to choke her to death. But Allison reappears almost magically and subdues Michael's arm as Laurie cuts his wrist, so he bleeds out in the kitchen and dies just as the cops arrive. Laurie, Allison, and pretty much everybody left in town from some sort of weird procession with Michael's body strapped to the hood of Allison's beat-up station wagon. Laurie throws his body into an industrial crusher like a you know, paper shredder, and he's destroyed for good. I guess, or turned into goo or something. <laughs> Allison leaves town, finally, and Laurie starts decorating for Thanksgiving as Hawkins stops by to give her some vegetables, hang out on the porch, and credits roll. And, uh, yeah, Brian, that's Halloween ends. Yeah, that <laughs> that is <laughs> Halloween ends. And, um, wow. What you know, there's that? there's another trilogy that came out a few years ago that I felt like gave us three wildly different movies. And it's the Star Wars trilogy from Disney. And you had the one that was basically like nostalgia repeated and, it, and everybody kind of liked it. Okay. You know, and then you had the one in the middle. It was very different. And we let a director do what he wanted and it, it, it created all kinds of controversy and either you loved it or you hated it and you know, yada, yada. And then we came back with the third one and we just felt like, let's just wrap it all up in a matter of conveniences. And in the end, it was just like, eh. You know, and I watched this, and when it was over, Brian, my first thought was like, well, okay. <laughs> and, and I've seen a lot of end of Halloween movies at this point. I mean, come on, we've seen this dude burn. I've seen his head friggin' chopped off. I've seen him, you know, rolled into a morgue and electrocuted by Buster Brums. Uh, I've seen him shot to death by some cops. I've seen him shot in the face by Lori. I mean, at this point, Michael's died a lot of ways. So I, I don't, I don't need it to live up to anything. I just need it to be at least like be good and, continuous and as i said in the beginning I'll, I'll give david gordon green one thing if his intention was to make three very different movies about basically the same thing congratulations you hit that mark <laughs> yes you did and okay if you were to take this movie and take it out of the halloween franchise and have it as a standalone movie not bad that's all right yeah it's not bad Putting the Halloween label on it and seeing Michael Myers for 15 to 20 minutes of screen time, the whole movie doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. You're you know, focusing on the end of Halloween, you should focus on the main character. 
Yeah, the Friday the 13th series did this twice, and it didn't really work either time. They did it in part five when it was a Roy killer, the the EMT killer, and they did it in part nine when Jason went to hell, and that didn't exactly work either. It's weird, and those are kind of fun rides. Halloween's done this before, too. They did this in mm-hmm. Halloween 3. And Michael Myers is just kind of in the background on television there that, you know, that's the real yeah. world or whatever. And I know people have reevaluated Halloween three and love it. Now I've always had a you know, kind of a kitschy spot for that movie. It's dumb as hell, but it's a lot of fun to watch. It's just <laughs> goofy, but it's not a Halloween movie per se, at least not in the, it's right. not a Michael Myers movie. Let me say it is a Halloween. Movie. It's not, not a Michael Myers movie. And it's almost like, and I mean, they even use the Halloween three font in this and that's on purpose. Like David Gordon Reed said, yeah, we wanted to do that. We use the Halloween one font in 2018. We use the two font in, in, you know, the Halloween kills. And we would use the third one. We want to have a little fun with that. I'm like, okay, cool. But it's also the very opening bit, man, when the universal logo is coming on and that surf rock guitar starts and I'm going, <laughs> what, what are we doing? And I had, to, I'm like, what is this? And I'm, I'm not going to lie that I did not love this song. I love surf rock from the late fifties and sixties. There's just a, something about it and there there was a specific moment in time when you could write a song like this and it would get airplay and how they dug that out of the dustbin of the 45s i do not know but it is all over like charts and stuff now man do you know anything about this midnight monster hop song because you're the music guy no not a ton but i do know that it's been used in multiple horror films so Mm -hmm. it's something that horror films apparently really like to use (laughs) um it's definitely doesn't seem like a horror song with the guitars and and everything else but no i i think i've heard it before Mm -hmm. but it's not a song that i'm overly familiar with and i I knew i had heard it way to start yeah you know what it gave me the immediate thought of i'm like oh this is something rob zombie would have done Yes. You know, like it really, and it's not the last time I'll say that, by the way, in this movie. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. It's a real interesting way to start, you know, because I knew we were going to jump forward in time. They had already copped to that. Like, we can't keep doing the the one night, one night, one night. The original pitch, by the way, was it was going to be three movies of one night. And they realized very quickly, we can't do that. Yeah, yeah, we've already already screwed that up. So we're not going to do that. So we're going to do time jump and we're, we're going to get us past COVID and all that. And we're not going to mention that, that there were early, like, you know, things on Reddit, you know, a year or so ago, people were like, Oh God, they're going to talk about COVID in this movie. I'm like, no, they're not. Not if they're smart. Like nobody wants to relive that. Right. So they just had to get us past all that so that we could go back to quote normal life and society without having to do all that, which you don't need to anyway. It's a friggin' movie, but whatever. So, so we're, we're going to get past that, but they jump us right into this and this kid's rolling up on this bike or whatever. And I'm like, we're setting a very different tone for this movie. And my first thought was like, who the hell is this? And who are yeah. these people? And where did this house come well, from in Haddonfield? Again, I, I was okay with the start with the, the with the babysitting situation and all that because, I mean, let's face it. Halloween is built on Michael Myers killing babysitters, right? Right. So it would make total sense to do a scene like this. But I was completely expecting Michael Myers to show up and not what actually happened <laughs> in yeah. the film. Um, and that would be fine. And, you know, this movie of the three is by far the goriest of them, which I think you're referencing you, with the Rob Zombie piece. You, you think so? Because I think that Halloween Kills brutal, is pretty gory. It's brutal, but it's mm-hmm. not as bloody and gory as this one, I don't think. Mm. Right? There's a lot of brutality in Halloween Kills. Yeah. But this is like blood and guts and everything just to be there in this one so to me this is a little more gory 
of a film than the other two were. Definitely the first one. There is a lot more viciousness to the kills in this one. Mm -hmm. I agree. And even in Halloween kills was pretty much let's make Michael like Frank and Jason or whatever. And just let him go insane on people. And right. Look, when he breaks out of that house with the fire behind him and whacks all those firefighters, like that is pretty badass. Like it's like, I mean, but like I, I rewatched both of the other movies, you know, leading up to this and, and more or less, like I feel about the same about 2018 as I always have. Like the first half of that movie is awesome. And then it just kind of mashes together into a weird ending because they realized they were going to make more. And I think they kind of screwed themselves with that. Halloween kills I've found is a really enjoyable watch. If you pay no attention to any of the dialogue. (laughs) So when people are talking, like I'm paying, I'm paying no mind to it all. I'm, I'm screwing around with my fantasy lineup. And when Michael's on the you know, the prowl or whatever, I'm just watching that because it's like watching somebody do a gauntlet <laughs> match or something. You know, he's just blowing yeah. through people. So like that's kind of it, – it's fun in sort of that same like Jason mows through people kind of way, which never really was Michael's motif. But okay, we'll right. do that. Now this one though, again, like we're starting out with, with a very different person. And I'm with you. I thought, are we going to like flip the babysitter kill here and he kill the, kid, the guy? Like that would be different. That would be cool. Yeah. And what we get is like, I, I mean, they're watching the thing, um, which is a movie I love and I know you hate, but you know, I, I like that one. And I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll have a little fun, you know, with that. But this kid, like in the first movie, that little boy that was going back and forth with the babysitter girl, like they were kind of, you know, smashing on each other, but you could tell like they were just having fun with each other. This little kid's a little monster. <laughs> he hates Corey and Corey's a jerk too. I'm like, oh man, I don't like either of these people. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't think they set Corey up to be a jerk right away because he's watching the the naughty. He's doing everything that mom said not to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't let right. him eat candy no more watching movies. This yep, is exactly here's what candy. Did. Here's here's a, a bad movie, a horror movie. I mean, he it does the right thing and turns it off at the end. But then they set it all up perfectly. Like the the doors open, the kids missing, yeah. everything's going on. It's like perfect. Michael's going to come in here and we're going to get going right off the bat. And then it doesn't happen. Instead, we get the kid getting clocked in the face by the door and heading over the top of the balcony down to his death. It's like, yeah. what? I didn't expect that. That is like some Stephen King shit is what that yeah, is. And that's exactly. where I immediately thought I was like, oh, that's what they mean. Like, we're going we're really flip this around. And th- there's a whole bit with the mom telling Corey about ever since the Michael Myers situation, Jeremy's been wetting the bed. He's having nightmares and stuff. And like that pays off to nothing. I'm like, we, yeah, why, totally. why did you need any of that? You don't need that. It's Just clear. Everyone, you were in Halloween. I, I mean, yeah, may, maybe to remind everybody about the way this is a Halloween movie. You're not going to see yeah. the, the main guy for a long time. So trust us, he's around. But yeah, it's so weird. And it's not going trick or treating. Like they talk right? about setting the candy out for the trick or treaters. Why does this kid not get to go trick or treating? I'm like, right. Did he get to go earlier? And they brought him in. They're going to their same swinger party. Like what's going on? Like the parents in Haddonfield suck. Like that's just clear, but <laughs> totally. I mean, you know, like Alice's parents may have been those normal people there <laughs> and they're both dead. So, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's such a, 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 I don't know, again, a jarring way to start us into this. And then we get into our main Halloween theme and you've got pumpkins kind of busting through pumpkins. And at this point yeah. I I'm like, I'm kind of bored with y'all's, you know, CGI pumpkin intros. They all look kind of foamy and fake and kind of Muppety. And I'm just, I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. That's you know, <laughs> I know. I'm like, yeah, this is, I mean, but uh, I'll say this now and, and I'll try to point it out as we go through too. I do think Carpenter once again and his crew, Cody Carpenter's son and Daniel Davies, their partner really hit it out of the park on the soundtrack again. Like there's yeah. three in a row. Like it's some of his best work ever. 
I, I totally agree. I think 2018 Halloween soundtrack is the best one of all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as a coherent full soundtrack goes, you know, the iconic songs are the iconic song, but yeah, a full soundtrack. It's phenomenal. I like the Halloween kills soundtrack. I'm looking forward to listening to the Halloween end soundtrack. I'm waiting until it comes out on vinyl because I want to get it. So I'm not going to listen to it streaming. Uh, I'm just waiting until it comes out in January for that. But, uh, they do a great job. It really does yeah. set a good tone for the for the movie itself, and really gets you pumped for it. Yeah, I mean, in 2018, like when it when it kicked in, I mean, it was the main theme redone for for 2018, so it was thumping. You know, it was like, oh man. And then Halloween Kills was this quiet kind of contemplative, scary piano shit. Yeah. And then this one was just sort of like in between that. It's kind of. Mm-hmm. Not quite the acoustic version, but not quite the full band either. You know, we got we got kind of in between. You know, it's sort yeah. of that time Bruce Springsteen was on Unplugged, and he kind of halfway did it. You know, I mean, it sort of <laughs> sort of felt the same way. You know, and and I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm game for this. But we go forward ahead again, mm-hmm. and I know why they did this. I mean, again, I, I love the narrative ideas. One, Andy Matichek's clearly thirty, so we can't act like she's eighteen anymore. Plus, let's not let her have eighteen-year-old problems anymore. Let's let her kind of get older. We'll let Lori get over, and we'll we'll give a little bit of voiceover of what's been going on for the last four years. And yeah. while I think Laurie Strode may be the worst narrative writer I've ever listened to read their own stuff, I do like what she's spinning out here. Is that as Things happened in Haddonfield. People die, get killed, whatever. There was always this idea of like, was it him? No, he doesn't use guns. No, he doesn't hang people. Correct, this is, yeah. you know, he doesn't do this. Like there was just this sort of idea. And that's something Carpenter had always pitched at and talked about and messed with was like, what would a town be like in the wake of, of, and if you go count it up, it's something like 60 people get murdered in one night or something. So like you would like the town will close. You wouldn't recover. Yeah. But like oh, imagine yeah. if you did, like what how could you ever go on from that? And they're gonna play with that a lot in this movie. To different what effect. is wrong with Haddonfield that so many people die? Well, because they got even the, not Michael Myers, <laughs> right? Yeah, like all this stuff other. is going on. I'm like, like yeah, you like need New York City level, Chicago dude. Yeah, level like that. Death, but right? that, and that's what put me off on it, Brian. Because I'm like, this is supposed to be the Midwest. Yeah. All right, like this Quiet is supposed to be until Michael Myers comes in, right? Right, and what he did was supposed to be so outrageous all those years ago that it's like the town legend, and now it's like you've created this this Stephen King town where it's the town in it, it's dairy yeah. where all this bad stuff happens. And I'm like, I mean, it's a bold choice to make Haddonfield a character in the series. Cause it never really has been. And they've, they've done it twice. Last time they tried to do it with like the angry mob thing, which became a joke. <laughs> Evil dies tonight until it doesn't, you know? And then now this, and I'm like, I don't know that that, that was the choice I, you know, maybe wanted them to make or needed them to make. And I don't know that they oh, fully commit to it. It would have been much better if nothing had happened for four years other than mm-hmm. Corey killing the kid, right? And that was an accident, right? That wasn't right. It's not like he was trying to kill the kid, right? So it would have been much better off if nothing else happened and we weren't chasing Michael Myers and Laurie Strode wasn't at every freaking crime scene. Like she can just walk in on there. Yeah, that's what I'm like. What is she doing? Like she just rolls up like, was it him? I'm like, what are you doing? Doesn't look like his MO. I'll leave you to it. You know what she is? She's playing the Mike Hamlin character though, from it, the librarian guy who like kept it going. I'm like, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly but what she shows up is. in every damn crime scene. I know, like she's right there behind the police lines, watching everything, looking at everything. Did they hire her on to look at the crimes to see what's going on? I don't get it. 
Right. Also, why is Deputy Hawkins still working after one all these years and two, he got stabbed in the friggin' neck? I think it's time to get a desk job, bro. Like, hey, I think man. they would keep you in the station. Like, you a would cop, not be out investigating. Once cop, always cop, bro. I, I guess in Haddonfield, he's why. not in New York in spite of <laughs> yeah. where some of these people's accents come from later. But yeah. Power. It's all about the power. I mean, it must be, right? <laughs> but but I mean, yeah, Haddonfield in the wake of all that destruction is an interesting idea. And I, I will say again, this movie, like all the other ones in the David Gordon Green trilogy, the setup is always really intriguing. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I'm going. Okay, this is different, but cool. Yeah, the, l- let's go for the ride. Let, give me something I didn't expect. Subvert. I'm, I'm down for that. Let, let's have some fun with it. Can you pay it off? We'll get there. But yeah, I mean, they're they're going through all this stuff. Lindsay Wallace is still hanging around, which I understand that they they did this with Kyle Richards because you know she had left acting and had become like a reality star, Real Housewives of Orange County, all that. She's part of that great meme that has just run its course on the internet with the blonde lady who looks like um, uh, Goldie Hawn's daughter, Kate Hudson, yelling at like the cat or whatever because they oh, replaced yeah, yeah. the. But she <laughs> they replay that in this movie too, and the mom goes off on Corey like they they do that as a joke, and I'm like, yeah. but they they wrote her a bigger part because they realized how good she was last time. She was actually really good in Halloween Kill, so they wrote her back into this. She wasn't even going to be in this but like for a second. And I'm like, okay, so I guess Lindsay owns the bar now? Sure, whatever. She's reading tarot cards? Yeah, why not? Um, but everybody's kind of moved on, right? Allison's gone to nursing school, so which, I, let me ask you this right now. <clears throat> was there anything about Allison in that last movie that told you this is the kind of girl that's going to hang around her hometown? Or was she no. going to go to like Loyola and get the hell out? <laughs> girlfriend was she gone. She was the one who didn't want to be there in the first place, right? She was the National Honor Society girl. Like, uh, I mean, I realized she had a lot of bad stuff happen to her. Fair, fair. But why would you hang around? Like, you would be gone, right? Well, I think about it too. In the, in the previous film, mom had always told her that grandma's a nut job, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And then they, you know, they finally come to hang out or whatever they were doing, and she finds out everything's correct and now all this training is paid off for her mom and her mom ends up dying so why does she stick why does she stick around is she worried about grandma i don't understand it either i you would have thought she would have left she's obviously kind of uh gone down a dark path i guess she's doing what scout taylor compton did a better job of in rob zombies halloween 2 which is go off the deep end yeah. After a traumatic experience, which is totally understandable. And and I've really come to appreciate that performance. That's not a perfect movie. It's got its problems, no doubt. But they, they, she is doing things. She is giving a performance. There is a story in that movie that is dark. And they want us to do that same thing with this one. And I like Andy Matichek, but she does not pull that off. And I don't think she gets to either. They, I don't, they really short shrift her bad in this movie. And, and it's kind of a shame because... You, you talk about like they had the perfect handoff. They had the perfect handoff two movies ago. They should have handed this over to her and, and uh, maybe even uh, Judy Greer for a little bit, but you know, we didn't go that route. So I, I, I felt like I didn't understand why she was here and why she allowed people to pick on her and also her whole attitude. You know, that's the other thing that felt Rob zombie, like, people curse in horror movies. That's no big deal. It doesn't bother me or anything. I don't care. But like, there's certain characters, like when they say stuff, it's like, that's just not, that's not how you talk, you know? (laughs) And Allison's like dropping F bombs and just being real kind of, I don't know, not the way she spoke in the last two movies at all. It's like a different person. And I'm like, who, who are you? 
well, again, she's she's gone down a dark path, and right. it's almost like she's looking for someone to. Well, how do you want to say it? Um, treat her rebound like in the darkness with yeah, well, like treat she- her like shit, like like treat mm-hmm. her like a piece of crap that she feels like she is. I don't know. That's what I, the vibe I kind of got is that she's into Corey because he's bad and bad for her, and he'll you know treat her like crap. Right. Well, I mean, look like she apparently has no friends except the one work friend who's the supposed to be the quote slutty nurse, but she wears more <laughs> clothes getting in the shower than she had on beforehand. So whatever. Like what well, I mean, that that character's funny. Like I I don't know who that woman is. Head nurse job. I've never uh-huh. even seen her in anything, but I'm gonna tell you she's funny. Like she's got comic gold, like they need to put her in stuff. Like she she is funny because I think Alice is just like, You talk too much, or whatever. She's like, Yeah, I know, but I just get all off in this shit. Like <laughs> yeah, she's just she so good. she's so dizzy, but she's funny. And I'm like, Man, you know what kind of movie you're in. I, I was like, nobody else apparently does, but you you got it. I don't know who you are, but yeah. good for you. But yeah, I mean she she has no life, she lives with her grandmother, which is not in the worst thing on earth. That's a pretty sweet house. But I want to know, like, okay, Mo- Laurie burned her life to the ground, literally, in the last yep. two movies. Also, was not exactly the mm, you know bastion of financial responsibility necessarily. So, where's she got this money to buy that house with? All right, I don't care if it is middle America. That's gonna cost some dough. And Allison's parents look like they were doing pretty good. She's got the insurance money. Just blow town and go to Hawaii, girlfriend. Like, what are you doing? Like that. That didn't make any sense at all. Yeah, I mean, I mean we're never going to know how she got her money or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe she did some talks about the whole Michael Myers situation across the country and made thousands of dollars each time she went. Who knows? Well, she's writing a book. Gonna, so I'm like, well, did she, she get like a book, book advance? Yeah, she got like be. a book advance. Maybe know. that's it. I, but, you know, that's the thing, though. You notice what we're talking about in this movie is everything but what everything makes Halloween Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll we'll do that for 40 minutes because it takes yeah. 40 minutes for him to show up, uh, which has got to be a world record. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, it's so it's so strange. But we catch up with everybody. Corey is still in town. Now, you talk about somebody else. Like, I understand why. His options may have been limited, but bro, once you get exonerated, like you get out of Dodge, like you're not on probation. You, you got to go. <laughs> He's got to get out. Why is he still here? Well, he, he was young at the time, right? I, I don't know. It was 21, 21 when that happened. Yeah. Was not when he was babysitting. Yeah, because he says I'm a 21 year old. He says that to the kid. I caught oh. that every time I've watched it. I and I, that. And I, you know, there's a whole thing about in that first movie. Michael Myers is 21 years old. That's why he's going on that court date. It's all that, and the parallels are that's not by accident. Corey's right. supposed to be 21. He's pretty much Allison's age. He's a little bit Again, older, actually. Yeah. But yeah, but he's. I mean, I'm like, dude, why are you still here? Like, you you're not wanted at home. <laughs> you need to go. <laughs> Hmm. That's a good question. I, I, maybe he just didn't feel like he could escape the stigma that he has, or, or I don't know. You think you could roll out into California or something where nobody knows who the hell you are and start I mean, over? Bro, but. move to South Georgia. Nobody will know who you are. Like, <laughs> you know, you nobody cares. They don't pay attention <laughs> like that. They, and by the way, what is with all the New York accents in this town? His mother, his uncle, the band kids, they're in a different movie, Brian. They are not in a Halloween movie. I couldn't tell you that. Uh, I don't. Where's Haddonfield again? What, Illinois, what's middle of America. Illinois. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say. I don't, you, 
I can't, I can't answer that question. I don't know why they all have New York accents. I know. I mean, like whatnot, if they talk but... like they were from Chicago or something, I would buy it. None, I mean, these, this is new, like hard New York, like is what I'm hearing. And yeah. I had a friend who is from New York watch this, and she was like, "Is this movie set in New York?" And I was like, "No, it's in the middle of America." And so it's, it's I don't know, it's just strange to me. Again, it's like they're all in a different movie, but hey, for the first thirty minutes, they are in a different movie because yes, they are. If you took out the words Michael Myers. And that theme song, this is not even a Halloween movie. This is, I mean, it's a movie about people who've had a a lot of, yeah, yeah. It's a random horror movie about people who've had bad stuff happen to them. And will they go bad? Will they break bad? That's what this is all about. Yeah. Completely. And and like, like you say here, you know, Corey's mom. Wow. (laughs) What is up with that character right there? Totally like nuts and yeah. the dad is it the dad oh no here's that her no, uncle that's that's his, his uncle. uncle and her brother is is yeah the way okay, i think so they're all yeah. living together and mm-hmm. every he was one of my favorite characters because oh, i love that guy just, he, he watches action movies with his headphones like, on yeah yeah he's just drop a line like you know whatever just don't tell your mom about this or whatever, right? And he yeah, the motor cool. it gives you the motorcycle and, and you know that he's got his nuts, right? Yeah. He knew his sister was nuts, and so every time he witnessed her doing some stupid shit, he just give Corey a line and it was like, Okay, I like this guy a lot. Yeah. Um but man, uh terrible family life, terrible accident that pretty much ruined his whole life. I mean, you're setting this guy up to be the perfect fodder for them to pass Michael Myers legacy. If you're truly right, mm-hmm. going to end Michael Myers and want to continue the Halloween movies, you need a new villain, right? Yeah. And or, or you're going to pick up on that old thread that evil can be anything. And Laura even says yeah. that like evil can transfer anywhere. I'm like, Oh, that's, this is brilliant. Yes. Let's yeah. finally do that. And then they don't do it. Oh. And then they don't. That's drove me nuts. Like, I'm like, this is going so well. They're going to make a new Michael Myers, a new bad guy here with mm-hmm. Corey, you know, cause he goes down this massive dark path in this movie yeah. and turns into really someone who loves killing people like Michael Myers does. Right. Right. Beats up Michael Myers, takes his mask. You know, they got the perfect thing going here to really end Michael and start Corey. Right. <laughs> but they don't blow it up. Because they pull back from it. Because it's like, and this, I, oh, it's the most frustrating thing about these three movies is they go right up to the line of doing something cool. And then they're just like, no. And like, you can do that with an audience if you're teasing us for something that you eventually pay off. It's actually a pretty good filmmaking trick. Yeah. But when you never pay it off, right. it's, uh, imagine if Def Leppard started playing their biggest hit photograph. But when the chorus came, they just cut back to the verse. And they just kept cutting back. And then they just never did it. I'm like, man, no, you would throw things at those guys. Like, no, yeah, you don't yeah. do that. Like you, you cannot keep teasing it and never give it out. And that's what's, that's what's so weird. It's, again, it's like everybody's in a different movie here. Allison is in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Corey's also in Halloween, uh, Rob Zombie, because he's got that terrible home life. All I needed was William Forsyth over there going, bitch, if you think I ain't making a mental list of all your shit. <laughs> you know, I mean, he would fit in this movie. Oh, you've got you've got the the uh, punks from New York driving a LeBaron and I don't know buying beer at the store. You got all this crazy stuff. Laurie still is going between this whole like I'll pick this poor kid up at the 
you know, gas station and we'll cut some tires together. But then all of a sudden I'm going to be worried about him after I gave him a hunting knife. I'm like, lady, which, which is it? Oh, I'm no. going okay. to act like Again. this Linda Hamilton Terminator 2 woman. And then I'm going to sheepishly kind of walk around the grocery store and, and meet cute with Joy Luck Club in the grocery store. But you got to remember, she was totally into Corey until the scene where he's sitting outside her, you know, house. He's doing behind the pull the behind the bushes thing. Exactly yeah. the same as Michael Myers did back in the day to her. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's when she started thinking, okay, what's going on? Right. Because she sees the Michael Myers character sitting there, goes outside, mm-hmm. and then it's him all of a sudden sneaking up behind her. That's when it all turned for Lori. On Corey, mm. right? Before yeah. that, she was all into this kid, helping him out. You know, she knows knows what it's like to have the stigma in the town of being that, you know, outcast and and the, the laughing stock and whatever else. She's going to help him out. Yeah. And then that happens and she's like, oh, shit. You know, what's going on? Well, it's, yeah, I mean. Her. Yeah, yeah, and I, I've got a question about that later when she has that scene in the house. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but I, I do have a question about that. But there's something else going on in this movie that I don't, I don't think I completely understand what they're trying to get at here. Okay. Cause yeah, every one of these movies has had a different like issue that I wanted to try to foist into this Halloween horror movie thing or whatever. And this one is now we're going to blame Laurie for all this shit. So she comes out of the grocery store after having, you know, meet cute with Hawkins again. And this lady starts yelling at her in, in the parking lot. Like, what'd you buy? Why are you laughing? What are you having a good time? And she points back and the lady who got the fluorescent tube through her throat in the last movie with Desidore. Now, no, she lived. She just can't talk now. <laughs> and you don't know her name. And you provoked that man until he went nuts on her back. I'm like, what? And the DJ runs this line later. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like if they're trying to say like, this is what victim blaming does. I'm like, no, this is not exactly how that goes. And that's also dumb to do, but this doesn't make any sense. Like, well, since when would the town be like, no, it's your fault. You tortured that poor crazy man who murdered all those people. I'm like, no, that's no one who saw any of that could take that away from it. Yeah. I mean, I can understand that there'd be some people who are upset with her because she's still living in the town and he keeps coming back for her. But the way that they played it off was really stupid, done really dumb. And again, how the hell did she survive the, the right? light tube through the throat? That that makes no sense. But e- even still, say she does, right? And whatever. Mm-hmm. Why is this lady so pissed off at her? She didn't put the light tube through the throat. You know, you can't blame her for a killer being on the loose. You, you can blame her for, man for staying in town sh- and bringing him in, but that's about it. I'm, I'm like. All she did was hermit out in the woods for years. Nobody even knew what she was doing. And then when he showed back up, she marched in like the cavalry and tried to kill it. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if anything, it's like, hey, props to you. Thanks. You know, I mean, shooting better next time. You know, whatever. And it's also, it's also, you got to remember, it's not like he's been back a lot. He's only been back the one day. Like that's the one thing you got to remember is that all those last two movies were one day, you know, and it was a hell of a day, but. I don't know. I just, I just am blown away by that. Now I get like the mom getting mad at Corey when he's dancing with Allison in the club, which by the way, is like a five minute, just dance break in the middle of this movie for no yeah, reason. That was bizarre. Very weird. But I, I guess what we're trying to parallel is the, the things that are going on with him and Lori. Right. And you're also seeing him being pushed over the edge or whatever. So I get like the mom of the kid that, that died being mad at him and going, I mean, sure. I mean, 
is it fair? No, but it's also justified. Like I understand why she would uh, yes. react like that to seeing him like that. And he wouldn't know what to do. And I, I actually thought that played really well. I thought his fight with Allison after all, all that really worked. Yes. It's really the only time Andy Matajak gets to do anything in the movie is, is in that scene. And I, I get that, but like the DJ later on when they're making out on fr- on the radio station is like, I know who you are and you're talking to me, but you, you know, your uh, grandmother drove that guy until he started killing her. I'm like, is this like a, like there's two characters by the way, who are spewing out lies, like straight lies about people. And then they're also foisting things into this poor kid. I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I get, I get why people would say that about Corey, but I don't know, man. It just seemed a little over the top. Like we, they went out of their way to pay off the line about when Laurie calls him the psycho in the freak show. And, and Corey talks about that later. It's like, they really wanted to beat you over the head with that in the second act of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. That, yeah. that DJ just did nothing for me. Like I, I thought was he was cool in a different movie. Kept- yeah, yeah, I just thought it was cool when they kept turning the radio on and he's talking about Halloween stuff and, and different yeah. things that happened and all that. Great. It's like a true crime podcast, right? You sure. To it over but everybody freaking listens to this one guy all the time. I mean, that's what it seemed like anyway. And then when he comes out, you would think that he'd be like, oh, sweet. It's Laurie Strode's granddaughter. And he'd be all worshiping her, right? Because that's how he acted on the show. Instead, he insults her. <laughs> right. No, you bring him on the air, man. Property. Like- yeah, what a jerk. Oh. I mean, no, it, again, he was from a Rob Zombie movie and he got killed in a Rob Zombie way. We'll talk about his kill in a minute. But we got to talk about when it finally, all, we finally going to bring Michael in, in the movie now, 40 minutes into this. Corey's walking back after all this and his bullies show up after he slashed their tires and all this shit. And they, you know, he gets in a fight and they throw him over the ledge and he lives you know, or whatever. And so they all drive off. So I'm just sitting there going like, all of you are going to die in some horrible way, but I'm not sure yet. But then we see Corey being drug off into the sewer. And again, I'm in a Stephen King mode. I'm like, Oh, it's it. Like we're going to float (laughs) down there, you know? And he wakes up and there's Michael. And I'm like, why? Like, I, I, I understand you have to explain that he has to go somewhere, but to draw from your inspiration, you know what was really good about Halloween Resurrection when Michael was just living off the rats and <laughs> under the basement. <laughs> like, but what? I and dude, I need you to explain to me what happens when he grabs Corey by the throat and they look at each other in the eyes and there's that whole well, like sequence. I thought that was cool, actually. I okay. thought that was a good scene because that made he's going to kill this kid. Right. But as he's choking him out, he sees inside of his soul, everything that has happened to him. Right. He's seeing all the things that he's done. And all of a sudden he's like, okay, you're just like me and lets him go. Okay. See, I didn't read it that way. That's interesting. Everything he saw was the, he saw him kick the door, kill the kid, do all this other, other shit that he's been doing. And he thought, okay, this guy's just like me. Let's him go. Hmm. And that's where I think that they were doing the transfer, right? Mm-hmm. Michael Myers is transferring his his entity over now to Corey, especially based on what happened. Yeah, what happens yeah. after the fact. Well, but yeah, that, that's how I took it, and I thought that was actually really well done. Well, see, if they had painted that through, I'm with yeah, you. And yes, if this had so become right. Corey becomes Michael, I, I'm with you. Yes. yes. But watching that again and watched it a couple more times, I'm like, I, I kind of feel like maybe that's Corey's life flashing before his eyes. And it's just uh, unlike 
happy memories or whatever. It's just the most traumatic shit that's happened to him in the last few years. And maybe that's what what Mm. happened. I don't know, but he, he gets out of that. And that's when the vagrant comes up to him, which is like convenient. This is your first kill. It's your glass, Joe. It's easy. You know, just don't screw it up. And he kills him. And and I noticed something the second time watching it though, that didn't catch the first time. You know, the guy pulls the knife on him and Corey turns and he stabs him with it, but then he keeps stabbing him with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't say. And then he throws the knife away. And the first thing in my head is like, man, Stabler would be like on you. Like, why don't I? I'm like, oh, wait a minute. You only talk like you're in New York. The cops here are not that. No, they don't care. So, so nobody's going to care when they find that guy's body. And, and they never do for all we know. So, but there's a scene that's later on where Laurie's in the bar. She's not drinking. She's just hanging out with, with, uh, Lindsay. And it just so happens the dad, Roger, I think is his name of Jeremy is in the back shooting pool. And so convenient, by the way. So Lindsay takes Laurie over and he begins to tell this whole thing about how like, oh, I felt like the whole town kind of stole my trauma from me and all this. And I kind of get it. I'm like, yeah, I kind of feel bad for this guy. Like I, he, he actually was much more like believable than the mom doing the, the meme freak out, you know, which was obviously just played for a joke. And I love the thing he talks about. Like, I, I, I saw this kid yesterday and I was just going to stop and finally go like, no, man, it's okay. But when I looked at him, he just was gone. And I was like, yep. now see if they had paid off on that shit. That would be awesome. That We're going yes. somewhere. And they've got the perfect guy to do it. I don't know who Rowan Campbell is, by the way. I don't watch this new Hardy Boys show he's on or whatever. But he's freaking great as a bad guy. I'm like, man, you cast this guy as the evil more often. He can do it. He's got so much personality. But, yeah. geez, they just strip it from him. And it's too bad because as we're going through this movie and everything comes in and he becomes more sinister and does more dastardly things throughout this movie as we go forward, especially when he kills the the high schoolers that are tormenting him. Holy crap, right? He robs zombie kills those fuckers. Oh, yeah. It's Christine, too. He runs them over. It's very much that. So. Well, she's still alive under there. And, I think, yeah, oh, and he man. stomps her out. He blowtorches that one kid in the face. I mean, yeah. Oh, so, I just was, hate that the uncle had to get shot as part of that. That's sucks. Agreed. But, yeah. Agreed. But they, they're they doing such a great job of really building him up as the new Michael Myers. Right. And to go and blow that. Just completely uh. blow that at the end. I was just, I was watching. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden he, and I'm like, what the fuck? I, I'm I'm going to say something that only, that only a limited part of our audience is going to get, but I know you'll understand it. They black scorpion to this. They yeah. totally black scorpion to this. <laughs> Set up this incredible thing, and then pff, it was payoff was crap. Yeah. It was an old man <laughs> in the <laughs> end who didn't need to be there. <laughs> uh. But but we really let, let's let's talk about how it all goes down here. So there's a deputy that used to date. Allison, even though he's old enough to a better oh, father, he looks no like shit, right. I mean, look, Haddonfield, maybe there's not a lot of options. I don't know. But well, I mean, she, she's on to a be dark f- path, so she could I mean, have been into that. Could have been. You never know. You never know, clearly. But uh, anyway, so he tries to still, you know, pick her up when her and Corey are on a, a makeup date, I guess, at the local town restaurant or whatever and they're talking and you know he keeps interrupting me Corianka goes off on him and they have this whole bit like let's burn the town down i'll light the match i'm like this sounds like some sid vicious shit right here like right, i'm right. not talking about the, the sex pistol i'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the, the wrestler i'm like mm, yeah, yeah we're going down we're going down some punk roads now but it, it, he he goes on and 
he follows Corey because Corey goes back to Michael. But yep. it's almost like Corey is leading him to Michael. He was way. completely leading him. Yes. He watched it. He, w- he saw him following him and decided him. to take him right to Michael Myers. And he totally does. He gets him to go into that tent, find that dead old man, and yeah. then drags him right into that into that uh, the sewer. sewer. Right. But, but here's and, the thing. Yeah. He, he says, tell me how to do it. <laughs> Michael pulls that old knife out of the you know, rock yep. and he kills him. And when he's doing it, man, like what is going on with that whole like Hulk up thing? Like what the fuck what is, is that? Killing is Michael's energy, right? That, well, it, they said that in the last movie. Like every time he kills, he transcends or something. Well, and it, it always has seemed to be part of it, his mystique, right? He, mm-hmm. it, once he kills, he becomes stronger. Every time he right. kills- He's a little stronger, hence why he's never freaking died, right? And so he's been dormant for what we're saying, four years Four years. Four years. Right. So he finally gets that knife and kills someone. That brings him back, right? But but here's the thing. The the vagrant guy says that he drags people in there all the time and they don't come out. How come he let you live? So he's been killing people, just people nobody would miss. So. Yeah, and, well, which, I, which, well, you know, here's the thing, though. It. Yeah, if if that was the case, then this that whole hulking up is not necessary. It's very no, it's weird not. because here's the thing, and and I I feel bad for James D. Courtney because he's been asked to play Michael Myers three times in a row now, which is a record. Nobody gets to do it more than once. George Wilbur did it twice, and he only did it for part of part six. So, like, it, he was asked to play three very different people. Yes. Like the first time he was asked to play like Michael Myers 40 years later from the first one. So he just did that and pretty good. And then the second time he was asked to play Jason Frankenstein, you know, <laughs> and, and Goldberg, you know, just destroy everything in front of you, you know, very quickly <laughs> and breathe heavy. And then, Goldberg and then, Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then in this one, he's asked to play grandpa from texas chainsaw massacre can't hold the fucking hammer anymore and i'm like well, wait a minute you can't have it always movie like i i i i don't i don't i i can't go there like this is where it starts to fall apart for me i'm like no 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 he's either the embodiment of pure evil and every time he kills he just transcends to more and more so you don't backward transcend what hellraiser taught me this once you cross the threshold you don't go back you just keep going forward so like he he wouldn't, maybe he was a little rusty, but he maybe. didn't get, uh, when did Michael Myers get to be an old man and we start acting like he was an old man? That's what kills me. Well, I mean, he, he was an old man when he was in the jail, right? When they, when right. They I mean, he's, he's, he's in his sixties. Uh, like, you know, yeah. yeah. But the, the thing is like, maybe that was his not necessarily hulking up. Maybe it was the thrill he gets from the kill and he's showing Corey how thrilling it is to do and what joy maybe? he gets from it. I don't know. Yeah, it's fair, but as I'm saying, there's nothing to explain, and that's why this movie is starting to fail because you can't, you don't have to lay it all out, but you can't do that shit, and then just nothing happens. Like, you, yeah. like okay, for all of its foibles, and I keep going back to Rob Zombie's Halloween too, but it's a divisive movie too. There's that scene where Laurie's trying to eat, you know, pineapple pizza or whatever, and Michael's eating a dog at the same time, and she tastes it. <laughs> You know, it makes oh. her sick. It was kind of dumb, right? But but they did that shit with Daniel Harris's character in four, five, and six, too, or at least five, right? Like she can tell when he's killing. Like they've played with this before, and both of those instances work so much better than yeah. what they're doing with this. Because I don't understand what happens here with with Corey, and I, I gotta understand. I gotta get your take on this. 
So when he goes to kill the doctor and the slutty nurse, which there's another problem. When you're sleeping with somebody, do you still call them by their official title? Maybe you can stop calling them Dr. <laughs> Matthews well, or whatever. It depends on how they like it, right? I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's their case. I like that judge. power. I shouldn't judge. You are correct. But anyway, when he kills well, that doctor. she doesn't even know what his name is other than doctor whatever. Did you know who were? It took me three watchings to figure out her name was Deb. I didn't know. But, you know, whatever. She's just funny, redheaded girl. I, that's all I care. I knew she was going to die. Like, you, just, you knew, like, immediately. Oh, You're absolutely. going to die. But Corey kills the doctor. And what I do like about this is that he's wearing that. He's got this, like, scarecrow mask clown from Wizard mask. of Oz. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of clown. And I kind of wonder, like, why they maybe they didn't do the clown thing because it would have been too on the nose. I kind of like the scarecrow mask. But he's also, I noticed this when he's working at the junkyard. He's wearing the overalls. He's wearing the mechanics mm-hmm. overalls. I'm like, he <laughs> is Michael Myers, for God's sakes, you know? Yeah. And and they, they're letting him kill. And when he goes after her, like, he can't just walk through a door. Like, he's beating the shit out of the glass and stuff. And I'm like, this is cool. And then all of a sudden, Michael comes out of the shadows on her. Because I guess, like, Corey tagged him in or whatever at that point. Well, they're working together now, right? Again, they're setting this up perfectly for him to be the apprentice and become the new Michael Myers. And it's working out excellent. Like, yes, yes, yes. And then, yeah, they they, they fuck it up. But right. uh, but, but at but, this point, you're like, this is awesome. But yeah, yeah. At this point, like, I'm I'm on board for this because he slaughters them, you know. And after that, he goes and he sleeps with Allison. <laughs> like, yeah. like, his first thing is, I'm going to go to my girlfriend's house. Hey, I'm going to like kiss her hard and then I'm back away and <laughs> she's like upstairs with me and grandma pulls up and I like at one point I thought I thought Jamie Lee Curtis was like gonna fist bump you know <laughs> because they play it though the angle though is the same as the first Halloween movie which she wasn't there for but where the 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 two are going up the stairs to mm-hmm. be killed and Michael's standing and he's still standing in the shadows watching all this shit go down and I'm yeah. like y'all are paying off so much stuff with this but it just leads to nothing. Like, and I, I, I read something where David Gordon Green said, "Yeah, we had this whole like love scene that we shot, and it just didn't work." And I was like, "I mean, how did it not work? Those two had a ton of chemistry. Like, I, I you know, Rowan Campbell and Andy Matichek. I'm not saying they're dating or anything, but like, they look like they really like could at least make it work on on screen." I, I almost needed to see. I didn't need to see. I didn't need to be grotesque or anything. I need Fifty Shades of Halloween. But <laughs> I could have. I kind of bought for them rolling around a little bit in the covers, you know, a little Buffy or something like sure. that. Like, I mean, it would have made sense instead of just waking up the next day and all of a sudden he's he's making decisions about his life. You know what he's going to do, and that we we got to get out of there. And I, I got to ask you what happens here in the house when it, later on he wakes up and he's. The the couple's house has been abandoned where the kid died, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's bought that gorgeous house again, and the bloodstain's still on the wood floor, and he's sleeping on top of it. It's very yeah. like, weird. But you hear this knocking in the background, and he wakes up, and Lori's there, and she's like... You, she goes from one extreme to another. She's like, I'm worried about you, and like, you're no good for my granddaughter. Stay away. And I read that as that's in his head. He's having a conversation in his head, but my wife watched it and said, no, I think she's really there. I do too. Um, I'm with your wife on this one. I think she's really there. And I think this is, this happens after she sees him peering at her through the window. Right. This happens after he sneaks up on her. Right. Yeah. So she's already clicking going, okay, something's off with this kid now. And Mm -hmm. she's putting the pieces together. And I don't know if she's following him and seeing things that he's doing and getting into it, but she basically goes to confront him, say, look, I'm 
I'm watching you. I don't want you near my daughter. You're doing shit that's wrong. You're doing stuff that's scary. You need to get your shit together. Right. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a really good scene with her kind of basically saying, okay, I think this is going to be my next enemy. Well, what I like is what he says to her is like, you've never felt the power of the dark side, basically like looking into his eyes this next time. And that kind of goes back to your theory about the transferring thing. And again, I'm going like, man, if they're playing with that, boy, what a, what a left turn, but I'm here for that. Like, yes, let's, Michael Myers has never had a voice and now he's got one. And I'm like, man, you guys, it took you three movies to get to it, but you finally did the thing. Nobody's been able to do this entire 44 fucking years of a movie series. (laughs) You finally gave this guy a voice with an actor who can pull it off too. It is hard to do this shit. And I, again, I don't know this dude from nothing, but he's good. Like he is really good in this. (laughs) And what happens next is is just boggling to me. So he goes and beats the shit out of Michael in the sewer. <laughs> Let, let's back that up for a minute. Michael Myers has murdered probably 100 people. <laughs> oh, more than that. 100 no, no, last movie Michael long. Myers beat 30 people to death in the street <laughs> four years ago. But now I'm supposed to believe this skinny ass kid can drop him with one shot to the ribs and take the mask and go off. And Michael does his sit up thing or whatever. And he puts on the mask and all of a sudden he becomes freakishly strong. So he, he, he massacres the bullies in the junkyard. We kind of gloss over that. We got to talk about that. Like he, he kills the one kid with a drumstick through the face. That's gory as hell. He runs over the one girl, Christine style with the, uh, the car. He kills the one girl with a wrench, beats her to death with it. And then blow torches the other kid's face off before curb stomping the other girl into mush. Holy shit. And I'm like, did the mask like give him special powers or something? Again, that's always been kind of the intrigue of the Michael Myers character is that mask. When he gets the mask, they played this up in the prison scene, right? Yeah. When, yeah. He's, when he's given that mask again, and all of a sudden he's he violent as hell. So yeah. something with the mask is is the power source, right? That, right. That's kind of where they've always kind of gone. Mm-hmm. And if it, he never wants anyone to take that mask off. Every time someone tries, he fights them to the death, right? Yeah. Because something about that. It's not about hiding his face, I don't think. Because everyone knows what he looks like. They, he, he was a murderer before. They knew his face, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's something with the mask that gives him that power. And this is now transferring that power to Corey, who completely obliterates everyone with it. And uh, you, when he ran over the girl, right? Mm-hmm. She was climbing off the fence. And he just runs into the fence and runs her over. And she's still alive that whole time and watches him kill everyone else before yeah. coming back to her and just finishing her off yeah that's brutal shit right it was man look it it was it was rob zombie territory again i'm like but you know what this movie had earned that escalation i felt like if they were going with the transference thing i'm like if we're gonna go through with this i mean yeah first off didn't see that coming but hey i'm here yes bring me to that place because i I, you know, I can watch any of the rest of these movies to go down whatever little adventure path I want. I'm on this train now. This is fun. This is finally you're doing cool shit 
for the yeah you know, since the first hour of the first movie in 2018 you haven't done anything really cool until now and yeah. and they're doing it and even when he goes to kill the useless dj the way he overkills him and cuts his fucking tongue off and it skips the record oh, like i laughed man i thought that was awesome that was a good one yeah that was and a good fact, one since hearing that on the radio and like her answer is not find another station it's like i'll just shut it off you know? oh, right <laughs> that was the funny part like <laughs> Also, also, I mean, I know she has an <laughs> old medium car, over. but like she would be listening to Spotify like through like a speaker wire. Well, again, everybody in that town listens to the same damn radio station. Like <laughs> yes, it's the only do. thing they can listen to, and it's always this guy on twenty four freaking seven. It seems right. He's always on there talking about different like scary things that happen this is a conceit though i, I think they are homaging something from the fog like the fog kind of has the same sort of conceit in both versions of itself like the, there's a, what one radio station in the small like little island town or whatever and, and the one person talking all the time oh it's kind of a joke but i i didn't care for the dj he, again he was in a he was in a rob zombie movie like i don't know what or, or like uh, hustling flow two or something i don't know where he came from <laughs> he is not part of this universe but he was clearly there i'm like well he's gonna die horribly let's just see how you know and i don't know what happened to the girl like the like there's like the secretary in the front of the radio station who apparently is like she she's on like right joe bob's it. thing yeah i know but like i didn't i didn't really see that go down like i thought like well i don't think they wanted you to because what they were doing is they showed you her get attacked right yeah. and then they focused on the dj not being hearing or seeing it going on oh, because he's in the soundproof so they didn't really yeah. show you the kill they just showed you that the dj had no clue what was going on until all of a sudden someone comes in and just beats him up and kills him and cuts his tongue off I mean, yeah but yeah i mean it, it's goofy and fake as that was looking i was like i i kind of laughed i was like oh, okay that's a that's funny like we're you know we're not supposed to but we're we're there and I, i'm here for this idea again and now, this is really going to blow the whole thing now. <laughs> Screw yeah, well, it up. Here's the thing with the DJ, right? Mm-hmm. I liked him being on the radio talking about all the stuff that happened. It's a great little overview of things that are going on. And it's a good little thing to get your mind going on the, on the film. Where they And they could have done all of that and then had the kill the way it was without having the piece where he confronts the two. That wasn't needed in the movie, mm-hmm. right? That no. ruined his character completely for me if he were just the dj and the they just went to the dj station and killed him for random kill right because mm-hmm. we do that uh it would have been better unfortunately yeah. they didn't do it that way but even so i like the dj as a whole until that one point i mean it he served his purpose to be part of the fodder for for cory to become michael and mm-hmm. then they're going to pull away from this because cory is coming for Laurie and she knows this instinctively. She is aware. She's like the mom in the Jaws series all of a sudden. She knows when the shark's coming. And so she calls in a fake suicide report to get the cops on the way. Because she yeah. knows Haddonfield's police response time is really slow. So she she's <laughs> she's waiting. She's she's lighting pumpkins. She's loading the gun. And I do, I do love when she shoots and like you see the splatter on the wall and you realize it's a pumpkin later and he opens the door. It's Corey in the Michael mask and everything opens the door. And she's like, you really think I was going to fucking kill myself? And then she shoots him once. I'm like, that was, yeah. that was actually kind of cool. But what now, she does question next. For you, question yeah. for you at this point, 
did she know that it was Corey coming in at that point, or did she think it was Michael coming in? I think she knew it was Corey. I think she knew he was coming. Well, to go to your point again, and if I'm to follow you, and and you've convinced me now, because Rachel told me to, if she really was confronting him at that house, and she's been following around, like, she knows. Like, she's ready for it. I think she's she's like just bring it, you know, because yeah. I don't think she knows she doesn't know she Michael is still around. She has no idea Michael's been around. Absolutely no idea right. that he's still there. Nobody has seen him. Yeah, so she doesn't. All she knows is that this kid came up with this mask somehow, so he's here. So he wants to play fine. But what she does next makes no sense to me at all. You have the upper hand. All right, you empty your gun into the wall because you only have five shots anyway, you blew one on the pumpkin, you put two in his you know, left shoulder, and then you put two in your wall for reasons, so you can empty the gun and just taunt him like, you came here to kill me, do it already, which was in one of the trailers. And I thought, well, that's a yeah. badass line. I'm, I'm down for Laurie hitting the dark side here. And then Corey's like, no, I'm going to be extra lifetime movie now. If I can't have her, no one can. And he stabs himself in the fucking throat as if he knows. Now she's going to pick this knife out. Damn thing. Yes. Yeah. As if Ah. he knew she, Allison's, he's heard Allison pulling up because of her clunker car. It's what he starts laughing at. So he stabs himself going, okay, maybe she'll grab the knife and pull it out right as she walks in the door and it'll fuck everything up. (laughs) Like that's your grand plan. No, that yeah. that that's what I literally looked at this screen. And I was like, man, fuck this movie. <laughs> I'm so yeah. mad now. <laughs> this movie had me the whole way yeah. up until that point. I was down for everything. I'm like, okay, this is really a Michael Myers movie, but it's good. It, I, mm-hmm. I'm with it. I like what they're doing here. And then they took everything that they built for the last, what, two hours, whatever, yep. and flushed it down the toilet. Yeah. With that but, one scene. Yeah, it's the Black Scorpion again, man, from uh, WCW. I'm telling you, it's exactly that. Like, Corey had flash before his eyes. That's what flashed before mine. I watched all that. I felt like Ralphie in A Christmas Story when he finally does the Little Orphan Annie thing. He's like, drink more Ovaltine. He's like, son of a bitch. It's a commercial. Yeah. I felt the same way. I was like, I went back into the horror world wiser. You know, at the end of yeah. that. I mean, it, but, and, and as if on cue, of course, Allison walks in only to go, what did you do? And walk out. Like, she's seen enough shit in her life to maybe go like, please explain to me what is going Why does he have the mask? What? what? <laughs> like, for a minute. But she's like, no, I'm out. So she's going to leave. But right around the corner is old buddy Michael, who's like, oh, that's where you ran off to with my property, son. Yes. Thank and you for so he, to my old nemesis. And he's, he's like, well, I'll kill her too. So he gets the mask, puts it on. And of course, Corey is still alive, despite the juggler just you're spewing blood at this point. So Michael can break his neck. I, sure. Okay. So, but part of me is like, oh, maybe he transferred. But at that point, I had given him like, no, y'all, y'all have given up on the transfer of evil thing. Like, currently, that, that's not happening anymore. So we're going to get our 20 minute showdown. Here, which is pretty well what we get about 15 minutes in the house. And they, you know, they do some flashbacks and cutbacks, and all this other shit. And they, they go at each other and, and Lori stabs him, you know, through the hands with the knife. Like we see him try to cut off her fingers in the disposal and all this shit. And I'm, I kind of thought it would have been cool if he like got a couple of them. I'm like, right. Yeah. Like when she has that backwards headbutt on him, I'm like, 
that old lady would have died, man. <laughs> you can't do that <laughs> shit. Like, that's so cool. Oh, no, Jay. She is a badass. Uh, yeah. Okay. But, you know, I. She's been training I, her whole life for this. And she just spent four years not training. She's been making pumpkin pie and talking about flashing the world and shit like that. Like, yeah, she's drinking yeah. at the bar, you know, whatever. But I, I'm not saying she got soft, but she's not Linda Hamilton in T2 anymore, but whatever. <laughs> so, or T5, whatever one she's been in now. But it, so she stabs him through. She puts the fridge on him to pin him down. I'm like, well, I guess that'll work. And I, the fact that she goes through this whole painstaking thing at the end, like, you know, I used to think you were this and that, but you're just an old man who's about to stop breathing. And I was like, is that it? And then she just cuts his throat and he's, you know, I mean, he, yeah, he gets a hand free to choke her and there's some, and I, I don't know, was she wanting him to kill her? She's like, do it. You know, I'm like, was she supposed well, to die? Here's, here's the thing, Jay, uh, in the, I swear in the trailer, there's a line where she says, I believe that the only way Michael Myers dies is if I die too. Yeah. I don't recall seeing that in the movie. No, it's not. It's just in the trailer. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, it would have made much more sense if we got to hear that in the movie. Yeah. But we never did. And instead we get this long abbreviated thing where she slices his neck and then she cuts both wrists so that he, after Allison comes in to pin his arm back down to go, I'm not going to let this happen to you. I'm like, well, where did you come from? Cause you left the movie a little bit. Right. You like circle the block and go, I don't know. Maybe my boyfriend was kind of crazy. I don't know. Maybe I should trust grandma. You know what I mean? know what happened yeah, there that, that was kind of odd mm-hmm. i mean that would have worked yeah, a little better if laurie said like this only works if we both die and then allison says no i'm not gonna let this happen to you like no yes, you're going to live much better yeah and then they bleed him out and then then to the but that is not the end i'm like if that's how <laughs> michael myers is gonna go down bleeding out in the kitchen like an old crumpled old man i'm like i, I guess i mean it's kind of weak lame. It is lame. Yeah. It's a very much a like schoolboy roll up. <laughs> yeah, it's, this is schoolboy roll up finish. I'm like, mm, yeah. we couldn't do better than that, but okay. And I mean, yeah, two fires, multiple gunshots, beat down in the street. But in the end, it's a frigid air and a couple of gaffietti knives. And that's all it takes, <laughs> you know. And I, but they strap him to her beat up old ass car. And just start, like, I guess they just put it out on Twitter or whatever, like, everybody meet in the junkyard. And there's supposed to be, like, this parade of characters that you've seen. Like, they bring back the little kid whose parents got slaughtered, you know, who was the babysit, but you can't recognize him anymore because he didn't look like he did five years ago. And, yeah. you know, they bring all these people back. You don't know who any of these people are because they don't call any of them out. They bring the woman in the wheelchair out because I guess she wants to see this now. So Laurie can now throw she that. she forgives Laurie because the, de- the evil man's dead, right? Right, because she can throw that mannequin in the, the industrial shredder. That was some cheap-ass looking shit, too, man. I'm like, oh, yeah, that looked bad. But you know what? If you got to get rid of a character, that's a good way to get rid of them I without mean, them being able to come back. Yeah, he's obliterated he's now. Yeah. He's ground beef, right? Ground beef. At this yeah, point. he's Adams at this point. There's nothing left. But <laughs> let me ask you this. Why is not the last thing her taking that damn mask and throwing it in there with him? She leaves it on her fucking coffee table, Brian. <laughs> what? Guess she needed a souvenir. I don't know, man. Maybe we'll get uh, Allison to become the next Michael Myers. No, she left town yeah. wisely. Like she should have well, years ago. She left ago. town now, but that doesn't mean she don't come back get that mask and go on a tear. 
That you was very know. much like leaving Sunnydale. Hope you come again <laughs> soon, by the way. I'm out of here. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, really, like this movie just sort of thumps. And then Laurie starts decorating for Thanksgiving because I guess, well, all right. I mean, yeah, I love how the cops all show up like, this isn't how we do it. And the sheriff's like, it is how we do it tonight. And I'm like, man, tonight, what yes. y'all needed to say evil dies tonight? Like, come on. I'm like, no, it really does now. <laughs> Pay that off. This time evil dies for good. Yeah. But Hawkins brings over some vegetables and talks about i don't know seeing some cherry blossoms in japan or some nonsense and again the end of the joy luck club too is on the porch there and we go to empty rooms in her house and there's that friggin' mask out in the daylight as she's finished her memoir or whatever and don't, don't fear the reaper i mean i brought I, i'm confused like i i watched the end of this and i'm going what the hell just happened this movie had something and man it just blew it the third act is they talk about never sticking the landing, dude. This group can never finish a damn movie. The first one ends kind of perfunctory because they realized they wanted to make sequels. Then the second one is the middle chapter, so it's got nowhere to go. So it just ends on some weird shit. But they never pay off like the visages of the little kid in the mirror, and he sees himself looking back. And how did the daughter get? We never, we never know. Like poor Karen, Judy Greer's a damn screensaver, wallpaper on an iPhone. That's all she is. And she's a first grade thing on the wall. That's all she. I'm like, we just gloss over all that. To set up the coolest handoff in history, only to just piss it all away. And then uh, if they had taken that last showdown, those last 20 minutes, and stuck it on the end of that first movie, if that had been how that ended and she meat grinded him, I would kind of, I'd be like, all right, you know what? Yeah, there you go. That's that's the way to come back for one last shot and do it. But they stretched the shit out only to come to this. Oh, man. Yeah. It's just a bummer. Yeah. It is. It really is. I mean, they ruined the perfect opportunity to end Michael Myers and start a, anew. And yeah. just start anew. They ruined it. You could have killed Lori. You could have killed Michael. And we could have just had Corey run away and nobody would have known what happened. And he become the new boogeyman. Instead, they murder him after building him up to be the next Michael Myers. And we're left with that. Yeah, we're left with nothing. We're left with uh, an end. Yeah, it's a big, ugh, you know. Yeah. And where will it go? I mean, I said at the beginning they'll make another. They'll make Halloween movies forever. They probably won't do this storyline again. I don't know, and no, I don't even really care to guess this at this point. Yeah. But, but they can't bring Michael Myers back in any of these movies. They need a new a new villain for Halloween, right? Yeah. Michael Myers is done. We've had forty four yeah. years of Michael Myers. We're done. It's over. Yeah. You had the guy. You had the guy. Maybe they couldn't sign him to a long-term deal. Oh, I this dude, man, man, this dude's on a TV show, man. Come on. <laughs> so, I, I don't know why they didn't. Why did they take that opportunity? To just well, flush, it's flush to, it. to note that Blumhouse bought three movies. That's what they were in for. See, initially when they got a hold of this, I thought they bought the catalog. But no, 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 no. They more or less rented it from Dimension. And now it goes back to the Akai. And uh, David Gordon Green's going to remake The Exorcist now and basically do with that what he's done with this, which I'm like, good luck. Sure. But yeah, I, I, I'll be curious to see what that looks like. But they'll, they'll come up with something, but they can't pick up this. So I'll give them credit. They, they wanted an end. Well, as John Carpenter said, well, it's an end. I mean, it's there and it's 
interesting, but sheesh, man, it just seems like so much wasted potential. Cause I'm with you. Yeah. It's ah, God. Well, I think we're definitely at the part of the podcast where it's time to give final thoughts, recommendations, popcorn ratings, Brian. So what are yours for Halloween ends? Oh man. I really, really love this movie for the first hour and a half or so. Uh, I, I, how long is this movie? By It's the an way? hour and 50 minutes know. long. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, exactly. About an hour and a half of this movie. I was all in. I'm like, okay, this really doesn't feel like a Halloween movie, but mm. I'm digging what they're doing here. And yeah. the whole Michael Myers stuff, he's only on the screen for maybe 20 minutes of this movie, maybe a little longer. It, it seemed odd, but I, I was really going with it. And then that last 20 minutes of the movie just totally ruined it for me. I was, this was large popcorn for me all the way. And then that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I don't, I, I, I don't know how I want to rate this because again, like I said, most of this movie is really entertaining and really good and really fun. But that ending just, it's like watching a wrestling match that has you hook, line, and sinker, right? And then they go and they DQ finish it. And you're like, yeah. what the? What was that? <laughs> right? Like, leaves you like just the sour taste in your mouth. That's what this is for me. Uh, I'm going to give it a medium popcorn because there's a lot of entertaining into it. But that ending, man, it just totally flushes this down the toilet. Man, I'm with you. <clears throat> if they were going to pass this along, they wanted to make a movie about the transference of evil and all that kind of stuff, not even getting into their whole social meta commentary, which I think they just ham fist into this movie. And it sucks as bad as the last two times they did it. Um, They had something going and then they just flushed it. And, and I don't know when or where they decided to flush it, but it was a mistake. Like the, the thing to have done, if you really wanted to do this, if you talk about just blowing people's minds, if Michael Myers was never in the movie, what if Corey mm. just found a ma- that mask laying around somewhere and just did all the, all this came to that? What, what would that have been if he killed Laurie Strode and he's standing there and, on the porch, like it's the cycle starting again and Allison's looking at him and we just boom straight to the, the credits and the music. What a, kick ass like they've been awesome and they totally screwed it up just lit it on fire and it's disappointing because man there's there's definitely something here but it's just not realized it's it's not and and it's a shame too because again roland campbell gives a hell for performance i mean he knows what he's in and he is killing in it poor andy matichek gets nothing to do outside of one scene everybody else in this movie is just kind of wasted i think i feel real bad for again james jude courtney who's been a good michael myers he had to have to play michael myers as the geriatric old man like that is not (laughs) what anybody needed or wanted and i it's it's just a disappointment it's just a flat disappointment and normally i do reserve the old medium popcorn rating for the thing that like aspires and then just fouls up somewhere along the way and doesn't get there but dude this small popcorns itself like it sinks itself so low for me that i'm like uh and and just as an entire trilogy my problem with all of these is that again, you come up with these incredibly elaborate, interesting setups that you refuse to pay off yeah. in any way. And I don't know if it's somebody else making them or, but I don't think it is. I mean, Blumhouse tends to be pretty hands off and David Gordon Green said he had, a, I mean, this, there are no director's cuts. If you get like the unrated cut, it's just cause there's more blood or whatever. Like this is his vision. They did not screw with this 
later on. And I know there's test audiences and all that stuff, but it ain't that different and from what I've been able to read and gather. And I cannot imagine choosing to be so interesting for two thirds and then go, nah, three times in a row, they've done that to me. And that's the thing about these men. Like, I, again, I'm not mad as a Halloween fan. It didn't ruin my childhood. I don't give a shit. Like, I, th- honestly, there's ever only been one really good movie. The rest of it, like, I just have to go along with it because I want to. Like, I, you know, I know it's not great, but I have some fun with Halloween too. I can do H2O. I can do that four or five, six weirdness. Like, it, you know, I yeah. can even have some fun with the Rob Zombie movies if I'm, if I'm in the right mood, you know. I don't think I can ever really enjoy Resurrection. That's the one I can't really go with but you know sorry busta but this is not for me but even that movie though has some fun the, the other thing is i was going to say outside of the zombie movies which are kind of a hard watch you got to be in the mood for them the rest of those movies there's so much fun to rewatch. there's just fun in them and that's the thing about remaking these slasher movies now man that i think we just lost somewhere in the cinema world is nobody wants to have fun anymore they all want to be so freaking self-serious and it's like yeah and these movies in particular like they're incredibly well made. They're the artistry is great. All of that stuff. I and mean, it's hard to make movies. I get all that. And it, and it, they look amazing, but they're just not any friggin' fun. And yeah. I, I, if they do an, another Halloween somewhere and, and again, four or five years down the line, I'm sure they will. I just want it to be fun again. And, and I really, when they started down this path again, my only hope was like, please make this fun. Please make this fun. And I knew immediately they weren't going to, because Jamie Lee Curtis was not interested in that. She wanted to, she had thoughts and she wanted to say some things, hashtag things. And so whatever. So we, we can do that, but they've even like softened on that so much now that like the message of this movie is, I don't know, don't blame victims or I don't know. I don't know what it is. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's so jackassed up, man, that it just, it's just a real like pill to swallow. That's why I, I mean, I get that there's a generation of people who like these movies a lot and they're kind of their Halloween movies and that's fine. It's like people who these last three Star Wars movies are your Star Wars movies. And I almost feel bad for you because I'm like, damn, you don't really know what the good stuff was. And it, it taints it for you because these are just so unsatisfying as a package together, man. Like I, I own two of them. I probably will complete the collection and own this one, but gosh, I just, it'll take me a minute to have to go back and watch it. It's kind of like Rise of Skywalker. Like I just, really just don't want to watch it, it again. all the way up until just watch it all the way up to the point where Corey enters the house and be like, done. Yeah, exactly. Right. Good yeah. Movie. Just skip to the very end. Yeah. That would, I'm with you, man. They had, they had me with Corey and I, I cannot believe I'm saying that because I knew enough going into like, they're going to have this whole other character we've never met. Oh, I don't know if this is the right idea. And then I saw it happen and I was like, Oh, this is brilliant. This is awesome. And they just screw it all up. And it, yeah. oh, it's so bad. So yeah, small popcorn to wrap that incredibly long close up, but sheesh, man. I mean, I, uh, where, where can it go? You say no more Michael Myers. Like what, what do you think they'll do? <laughs> Yeah, you can't do Michael Myers. You have to now make a whole new story, right? Mm-hmm. Follow the follow the formula, I guess you could say, and bring in new characters. I mean, go down the road a few few years, you know, start a whole new thing. Get out of Haddonfield, go somewhere else, begin something new. Can I be bold and tell you what you do? You don't make movies anymore. You make a TV show. TV show, yeah. Like on Showtime, sure. HBO, Hulu, one of those. You do like limited series stuff. And you do like what American Horror Story has done. You get a cast of actors who can pull off lots of roles and you just put them in a horrific situation. 
and you kind of, you do what screen did when it was an MTV TV series for a couple of seasons. You know, you, you're in the same world and vein of all of those movies, but you don't really care what the movie storyline is. You're going to do your thing. Yeah. Do that. That would be interesting. That would be fun. I would be down for that. I don't, I don't think you make a movie anymore. And I'm with you. I think the Michael Myers story is done. And, and but truthfully, I I hope they don't do anything else. I I think thirteen is the number, and <laughs> just be done with it at this point because it's the right number to do it. Yeah, I mean, finish it off, be be gone, and and I I just don't think there's anywhere else. There's obviously nowhere to go in the storyline, but I don't think there's anywhere else to go with this. I think the TV idea, and again, you, you make it in the the formula, but not about the same thing. Yeah, uh, would be interesting, but geez, I, I don't know where else you go out of this, but. Yeah, uh, but you know, as dissatisfying as this movie was to ultimately you know, live through or whatever, and I didn't watch it three times uh, for this <laughs> review. <laughs> it's a lot of fun talking about it with you as always, man. Tell folks what you got going on over at Brian's Vinyl Records, how they can follow you and everything. Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook, just Brian's Vinyl Records. I post what I'm listening to throughout the day. I got a YouTube channel also, Brian's Vinyl Records, where right now on a monthly basis, I'll go through what I've added to my collection, as they say, uh, for vinyl records. There's a lot of fun stuff through there. So if you're into music, into vinyl, uh, check it out on any of those mediums and uh, you know interact there. Absolutely. And folks, you can follow the show's social media at Filmstrip Pod. Go to filmstrippodcast.com. That'll take you to our anchor distribution site where you'll find the podcast, Apple's, Google, Spotify. We're on all the places. Leave us a five star review if you can and share the show on your social media as it helps us spread the word. We've been around for, gosh, nearly 12 years now. We've covered all of these movies and a bunch of other ones in our in our huge archives, 300 plus episodes. Lots of fun, always there for you. Until next time, for Brian, I'm Jay. Thank you for listening to Filmstrip. Thank you for listening to Filmstrip. You can find more episodes on our website, filmstrippodcast.com. The Filmstrip theme music is produced and performed by Frozen Lake 121. All content used or discussed in these podcast episodes is the property of the respective owners and used under the Fair Use Act, Section 504C2, Title 17.